0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Moving on to some more running back. Oh, James Conner. I'll take that l too. I mean, shit, like he hasn't been doing his thing either. I was bigger on Connor, him too, yeah. Listen, man, this dude, he can't stop getting hurt, man. You know, and listen, I, I hate to label players injury-prone, but... The dude had like four injuries already, four or five different injuries already in the first five weeks of the season. He he yeah. hurt his ribs this time. It, it might not be serious, you know. If he doesn't have cartilage issues, he could potentially be back in week six. But you don't want him to keep leaving games, right? He was on his way to a pretty good game. Uh, he was on his way to a great workload. But you know, Daryl Williams also he got banged up with a knee injury. So if Connor ends up missing this game. Uh, in week six, I think Eno you know, Benjamin, you know, might end up being the clear play from this backfield. So, you know, hopefully, mm-hmm. we get some more details on both uh, Connor's injury and Damien. Uh, I'm sorry, Daryl Williams' uh, knee injury. If we get more details on that, we'll know what to do in week six. But for now, I think Eno you know, Benjamin is a solid waiver wire pickup at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And you know, even you know, you talk about taking the L on James Connor. You know, I was kind of big on him too. So um, far, I mean, so he could far. come through.
1: Yeah. It's not a serious injury or anything like that. He could eventually come through. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to come back, all of that. And yeah. You, you know, so I, I think I know where you're going with this.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals offense can get better. Um. It's just interesting because James Conner hasn't had, you know, he hasn't enjoyed the touchdowns that, you know, that he had last season. And we knew that regression was coming. But I think it's hitting a little bit harder than we anticipated because the Cardinals offense has not been that good. Uh. He has one, one touchdown total, I think think through five weeks and that's not at all what i expected from james Conner. even you know in a cardinals offense it's not playing very well i thought he'd have at least a couple more shots at the goal line and i think he would have cashed in a little bit more than he has um he's produced you know it's it's been mediocre it hasn't been bad but it, it hasn't been what we want him to be especially you know we thought grabbing him in the third round was like a uh, super steal and he he hasn't been that so far so I'm not afraid of having James Conner in my lineup going forward, but I'm hoping that something comes through. Maybe, uh, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins coming back uh, will rejuvenate the Cardinals' offense and maybe overcome Cliff Kingsbury.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean the Cardinals' offense has looked not like I would say you know out of out of ten, like ten being their potential with Cliff. So like I'm not saying what their overall potential is because Cliff Kingsbury puts a ceiling on that potential. Yeah. Uh, but I'm saying with Cl- Cliff Kingsbury, I feel like this offense is running six, six and a half where, yeah. you know, it could be at a near a 10 and that's where they were at some points last season. We saw it, right? Yes. We even saw it a lot of times in, 2000, in 2020 too. like, it wasn't even just last year. So, you know, those flashes are going to be there. Kyle is going to be able to play better and, you know, might as well let's hit on Hollywood Brown, dude, like real mm-hmm. quick, you know, and, oh, and just kind of, you know, just want to close it out on james Conner. like you don't have to start him if you don't want to um but i think he's still going to end up being in my top 24 running back rankings most weeks and he was on his way to a decent game like you know philly is no is is no slouch but he was averaging more than six yards a carry before he before he left the game yeah you know it's one of those situations where you know you can probably buy him low people are done with james Conner, okay yeah so you can actually buy him low just because of how cheap he is right that's really what it comes down to um of how cheap he is. Like, he might not be an RB1 every week, but he'll be a solid RB2, and he'll be better than what he is right now. Yeah. Um But uh, Hollywood Brown, by the way, Hollywood Brown is that dude. Yeah. Okay, I don't know if you guys Absolutely. knew this. <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew this, but Hollywood Brown is that dude seen double-digit targets in, I think, week one, he didn't see double-digit targets. But Aaron he's seen double-digit targets, okay? Yeah. Uh DeAndre Hopkins, he's eligible to be back in so one more week without DeAndre Hopkins, as soon as that blurb goes out on DeAndre Hopkins making his way back and practicing, whatever, I'm sending offers for Hollywood. While people think that he can only do what he's doing now because Hopkins is out, yeah, right? he's the overall wide receiver five right now, and this is this is with all the defensive attention on him. So when like Hopkins that. is back, I think he's going to continue to kill it, and there will be, there will be more potential for big plays. Um, he's playing more of a possession receiver role right now, and, and I think they end up sending him deep way more. Oh, yeah, when Hopkins <laughs> is back, AJ Green, I think he's gonna be off the field. It's gonna be Hopkins on the left, Hollywood on the right perimeter, Rondell Moore in the slot. That I think that's gonna be their main thing. If they end up going 10 personnel, I can see AJ Green bl- playing a bit, bl- uh. Playing a big slot role, but that might end up meaning that Zach Ertz has to come off the field. And I don't think they're going to do that. So I think it's no. going to be Hopkins, Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown. And that's when that offense is going to reach its potential.
0: Yeah. And we're seeing the Oklahoma connection, I think. You don't want to chalk it all up to that, but it's lo- it's looking like, you know, the old pitching catch between Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. I, I love Marquise Brown's talent. I I think he's going to be even better, like you said, with DeAndre Hopkins coming back. Not maybe necessarily from a consistency standpoint, but from, you know, upside. I think that actually moves his upside even higher than it is right now. Um, But Kyler Murray seems to be looking his way early and often. Um, And and we were a little leery of it after the first week. You know, he only got six targets and four receptions, but he followed that up with 11 targets in week two, 3, 11, and four. And then double digits again, just barely, but 10 targets, you know, week five against Philadelphia in a game where, again, you know, he's producing despite the offense looking out of sorts and just out of sync. And it's not at the ceiling. We just talked about it being a, like the six, six and a half. Imagine when this offense, if this offense can take it up to an eight, you know, Marquise Brown could really be just like one of the steals. I, I forget where he was going. Exa- exactly. Exactly. drafts uh, heading into the season. But I think he's he was going like,
1: in the fourth round. Something like that.
0: Either way, you know he's fourth round, fifth round, third round, even. You know he's looking like everything that you drafted him to be, and more.
1: Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, I, I was able to grab him in a couple leagues too. I was just excited for his potential on this offense. I just feel like he was. It was just a bit understated. Also, you go back yeah. to the whole thing, and we'll touch on this a couple times on on this episode high-target share earners continue to earn high targets. <laughs> yeah. And he was one of those high-target share guys in Baltimore. It just so happens that they didn't run a lot of plays, passing plays, right, in yeah. Baltimore. That was his issue, right? And, you know, he's just going to continue to earn those targets on an offense that passes a lot and, pa- and runs a lot of plays.
0: Yeah. It and and Marquis
1: – go ahead. No, I was just going to say, fantasy doesn't have to be hard.
0: No, it does not. But Marquis Brown, you know, this this is compl- a little bit off, off uh, topic, but, you know, you look – We saw the big acquisition for a first-round pick was AJ Brown during the draft, but I think Marquise Brown was also traded on draft night for a first-round pick. Yep. So he has been an underrated acquisition. You know, you look at it from that point. You know, everyone talks about AJ Brown being a big um, acquisition, but Marquise Brown, you know, he was. People might have been a little bit leery, you know. Oh, they traded for Marquise Brown a first-round pick. It was he's looking like he was worth it. One hundred percent.
1: One hundred percent, dude. One hundred percent. Um, and now with AJ Green back, Rondell Moore, he's back in the slot. Right. He didn't play yeah. in the slot primarily last week with AJ Brown out. Now he's back in the slot. Seven catches, 68 yards, eight targets. Uh, you know, he's a PPR wide receiver three at this point. Um, he ran a route on 93% of Kyler Murray's dropbacks. That was more than AJ Green. Um, you know, Greg Dortch, he ran a total of two routes. So he can be dropped. Uh he's basically a one for one replacement for Rondell Moore. So in games yeah. that Rondell Moore doesn't play, you can throw in Dortch and he can be a PPR wide receiver three for you.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Not much else to say on Greg Dorch, at least for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we don't have to spend that much time talking about him. <laughs> um, let's see. Raheem Mostert continues to have a full control of this backfield. 69% of snaps, 20 opportunities. Uh, he's now in every week RB2 um, with upside. You know, Mostert, yeah. you know, he doesn't have the best track record to stay healthy. Um, he doesn't he, – he might be end up nearing his career season totals in touches. You know, in a couple of weeks, if this continues, yeah. um, you know, I can understand dropping Chase Edmonds, um, but you might end up looking to pick him up relatively soon, you know, as like a stash because if if Mostert does end up getting hurt or whatever, Chase Edmonds is going to probably go right back into this role that that uh, Mostert has. Um, one interesting thing was that Miles Gaskin, uh, he made an appearance in this game, yeah. uh, maybe because they were down, but that's not a great sign. Like, you would hope that is just Edmonds and Mostert, not yeah. a, third, a third back just, like, popping out of nowhere, be like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, no, <laughs> we don't want that. Um, and that makes me a little leery that Chase Edmonds would be, like, clearing like, an every-down guy. Maybe Gaskin would end up having some snaps there. But uh, we'll see. He did end right. up out-touching Chase Edmonds in this game. So, something to keep an eye on. Um, but, yeah, anyway, Raheem Mostert, He's that dude. He should be in your lineup pretty much every single week. You know, he's an RB2, solid RB2 yeah. at this point. Uh, 20 opportunities, and he scored. Did he score twice in this game? I think it was just I once. I think it was just once. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. But, no, he did. He looks good. He looked good.
0: Especially with, um, you know, the Dolphins having trouble at quarterback. You know, they're going to be probably relying on that run game a lot more than maybe they would with Tua or Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I, would, I would drop Chase Edmonds at this point you know. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh,
1: unless unless like you have a six six-man bench or more yeah. and there's not and all you're going to be doing is, is rostering handcuffs anyway, like sure. Yeah. He's one of those guys, but he's not a necessary hold at this point. Yeah, I agree.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gabe Davis doing
1: his best Randy Moss impression. Caught three balls, 171 yards, two touchdowns. One of them super early in the game. First touchdown of, of Sunday. 98 yard bomb yeah. from Josh Allen backed into his own end zone. Amazing play right there. Uh, his second touchdown was almost even more impressive. I would say it's even more impressive for Gabe Davis, at mm-hmm. least. A uh, one handed catch, the other hand kind of like locked with Micah Fitzpatrick, who was right in coverage with him. Yeah. Uh, so listen, we talked about buying Gabe Davis low last week, right? And if you bought him low last week, you were going to play him. This week, right? Like, there, there would yeah. be no point of buying him low and then not playing him this week. So, if you bought him low, we talked about him in our buy sell show last Wednesday, and you played him this week, you probably won. Yeah. And guess what? Now we sell. It's called <laughs> fantasy arbitrage. Okay. Yes. You buy them when they're low, <laughs> you sell them when they're high, okay? The dude, he still only saw, like, 18% target share. <laughs> he hasn't yeah. crossed the 20% mark. So, uh, so yeah. Did you start him where you had him? Because I know you were high on him oh, completely. Yeah, I've been starting
0: the whole time waiting for this performance. I've <laughs> just been chomping at the bit for this performance. And I'm going to, you know, I'm very happy that it worked out, but I'm not expecting this type of performance on a weekly basis. I wouldn't even say on a monthly basis, because it's taken this long for this performance to come. Um We've been talking about the whole time on the podcast these past few weeks. You look at Gabe Davis' usage this entire season. He's yet to top more than six targets in a single contest. He has no more than four catches in any game either. And you were happy, you know, if Davis caught no more passes the rest of the day after that 98-yard touchdown, you know, because he doubled his season total on fantasy points on that one play. And it's like, okay, if he doesn't catch any more passes, I'm not going to be that hurt, but let's see what he can do for his upside. Then he turns around catches another 60-yard touchdown. He has 30 points before halftime. You're like – Oh, my God, we're swimming in fantasy points. You you want to see what's coming out in the second half. Um, You probably had your expectations tempered a little bit because the Bills were already up big. But he did catch one more ball, and just a little cherry on top. You know, 32-point performance it was, I think, for Gabe Davis. Um, The numbers didn't climb much outside of that, which, you know, is just a testament to his boom-bust potential. And he he boomed this week. But we talked about his underlying usage not being very good, and that was kind of reminiscent of that. He's arguably, I think, the biggest boom-bust player in the league, um, but you're happy if you took our advice to buy low last week. And you said it it, it wasn't just because it, we're expecting his production to continue week in and week out, but it's just because of the ceiling that's there. You got him on the cheap last week if you did buy him. Um, that's my rant on Gabe Davis. You know, It was great, but I'm not expecting this to continue. But you see the upside that he has. He can win you your week pretty much single-handedly um, when he hits.
1: 100%, man. And, you know, it's, it's funny because – you know, if, if you just was were able to buy him, you basically bought a W, and that yeah. itself is just worth it. Just getting yeah. a win is just worth it. And now you can sell him and then get some more out of it. Yeah. Good luck. Now, um, imagine,
0: imagine he follows us up with another big performance. Then people might be calling him a wide receiver too, and you could really just, you know, ship him out. And go get some go get some big players. But no, are, point, are you
1: are you waiting on selling? Because I yeah. I don't know, man. That's risky. Are you you're, yeah. you're going is, for it? huh? <laughs>
0: this is the thing. It, it, I'm waiting on selling. I want to see if he goes any higher. Because if you don't, then worst case scenario, if you if you don't sell him, you hold him, and he has a bad week, then worst case scenario is just back to the boom bust. You know, and he's right. gonna win you. Arguably, I, I I'd say I'm expecting him to have two more at least two or three more big performances this year as we yeah, get towards can playoff it. time. I could see it. So, maybe,
1: maybe it's not the best time to sell because he does have a narrative around him at this point, right? And it's like, yeah. well, people were kind of expecting it. So, if anyone's buying off of this big performance, yeah, they're probably really desperate.
0: You're, yeah. Or you're, you're kind of assuming that people are naive to buy, just buy. You know, say, oh, oh, listen, man, points. I
1: yeah. assume people are naive, man. Like, <laughs> I really do. Like, maybe not in our leagues, like we play with, like, you know, with a bunch of people who are like on it. Yeah. But, like, a lot of people play in leagues where they could really take advantage. sometimes people's emotions and all of that right it happens all the time yeah Uh, but different uh, oh oh, yeah exactly exactly um listen my guy khalil shakir coming through three catches himself for 75 yards and a touchdown the dude is good at football all right uh but that being said isaiah mckenzie likely back next week uh shakir i don't think he's gonna be much of a factor unless the coaches you know really like him enough to have him split time with McKenzie. But uh, it's good to know that, you know, he can come through when he's given the opportunity. This was his first, you know, game where he got the full-time opportunity, he came through. So this is a really good sign for him and his career, just in the overall dynasty perspective.
0: Yeah, and I think he kind of has room to move up, you know, even on the bills. And, yeah. and this is just completely, you know, we're just prospecting at this point and trying to figure out, projecting, how this could shake out. But, you know, outside of Stephon Diggs and even Gabe Davis, you know who is there you know i'm not sure how attached are going to be Isaiah McKenzie if they look and they have Khalil Shakir i might you know and they're not they didn't sign Isaiah McKenzie it's not like they paid him all this money he's not a very expensive asset but you know in any case you know Khalil Sh- Shakir i think on the bills he's there for the next 4 years i think right yep. on his rookie contract mm-hmm. so yep you can see him pop up i think in year 3 you know I, I, as long as Isaiah McKenzie's there but well listen i think it'll happen with.
1: as soon as next year you know, because yeah, I, I, I don't I can see him going through a full offseason program and potentially winning that job.
0: Yeah, I, I guess you know? it's true. I, I don't want to bet against him, you know, yeah. but I, I'm just saying, you know, the guys that they have right now are pretty, they're, they're pretty talented. You know, he yeah, has a little sure. working up to do, but. He definitely yeah. has the capability to do that. Dynasty, but you know, his, his, his dynasty
1: value, his dynasty value has definitely shot up after this game. Um, because once you know a receiver can do it with opportunity, then they're a completely different type of asset at that point. Right. Um, now just want to touch on Devin Singletary real quick. You know, with this game being a blowout from the get, the backfield ended up being a bigger split. Um, this is yet another opportunity to buy Devin Singletary, but just keep in mind that our this you know, this type of disparity, like they're going to split it up between these guys, yeah. right? Devin Singletary is not going to be on the field for every play, but when the games are closer, I do expect him to be the guy. Okay. So uh, this is another opportunity to buy Devin Singletary, I think. Uh, and I would do so. Cause I think, you know, f- for the most part, the bills are going to be in relatively competitive games, right? They're not going to just blow teams out like this. Um, I-, I had a buddy, who was literally at the game, maybe he's listening, rich. He yeah. was at the game. Actually, he's in, our, he's in our league. Um, you yeah. know, he, he's four. No, I think he was, he took his first L this week, hopefully. Jeez. Uh, yeah. but he was, he was at the bills game, his first bills game ever. Um, and like, he was just like, you know, texting us while that, all that was going on. It was a good, good, if you're a bills fan, like that was a good game to go to because they just destroyed the Steelers. Oh Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah that was destroyed. I had, um, I had one of my uncles, who was betting on the game. He saw Pittsburgh. I think where he was betting, there was a 20-point spread. He's like, hey, you can't go wrong. This is a Mike Tomlin team, you know? No. <laughs> they, they blew that out, man. He, he was so upset. But, uh, yeah, it was just an absolute blowout. You know, you, you want to take things away from these games, but there's not much to do. Like, you know, one team did well and the other team didn't do well. You talk about the running backs. There's not much to take away there because they were really an afterthought.
1: For sure. Um, but speaking of the Steelers, though, uh, listen, they only scored three points. But I think we should expect much bigger things with Kenny, Pick- Kenny Pickett under center. Um, yeah, and you know, would you look at that? The high target share earner uh, in Deontay Johnson ended up seeing thirteen targets for a twenty-five percent target share. He went five for sixty, though. Okay, George Pickens had eight targets, uh, fifteen percent target share. He went six for eighty-three. Chase Claypool saw nine targets, 17% target share. Uh, Pickett ended up throwing for 327 yards against the Bills. Yeah. So in three full games, Trubisky couldn't get past 207 passing yards. Okay. So, you know, Harris on, you know, as at all, as expected. Uh, but mm-hmm. stay tuned for Wednesday's episode. We might have a couple by buy lows from you from the Steelers offense. Okay. Yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll save that for Wednesday's episode. Uh, but listen, can you pick it? Looking good.
0: Yeah. And I, I, think, I, I liked what I saw. Yeah, I did too. I, I think he can pan out. I don't expect that to happen in any of the next two weeks because they have a rough schedule. Um, obviously, this is week one of a tough three-week stretch. They play Buffalo in Buffalo. Then they turn around, and they're playing Tampa Bay next week. That's at home, though. And then they have the Eagles, I think. If that's- is that? If that's- is no, that, it's, the is that... it's the Dolphins.
1: Okay, okay. The Dolphins. Okay, not as bad. I was about to yeah. say, that's a gauntlet right
0: there. And, and so it's still a pretty rough stretch because at that point, you know, they Dolphins might have two of back. But – um. You know, I think that Kenny Pickett has a chance to pan out when he's not in such a negative matchup like going to Buffalo if you know for his first start. Um I liked what I saw. Even though it was majority garbage time production, it was still three hundred twenty seven yards, he can still air it out. Um he looks to have to be giving the Steelers offense a much higher ceiling, at least the receivers. And I think you touched on that. And Najee Harris, you know. I'm not happy about Najee Harris. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) Obviously, it was a tough script for him, but it's not looking any better. It looks like it's going to be a pass-first offense with Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, we'll see how that works out. Um, Stay tuned for Wednesday's episode. Uh, We have a new overall RB1 in fantasy through five weeks, and that's Austin Eckler. Nice job, Austin Eckler. You you got to root for Austin Eckler if you're a fantasy football player because he's all about fantasy. Yeah. He loves us fantasy football players. He does things for us. When he scores a touchdown on the field, you know who he's thinking about? He's thinking about us. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, you can't say that about any other player. Most, most NFL players, when they score a touchdown, they said, Oh man, I'm, I'm upset because the fantasy football players are happy right now. Uh. But Austin <laughs> yeah. Eckler, on the other hand, he's happy, uh, but he's ball out of control right now. 20 touches yesterday for not- 199 yards and two touchdowns. The dude just, went nuts over the past two weeks. Um it also looks like Josh Kelly has a front seat uh as the RB2. I guess he's on the passenger seat. Um yeah. and, and Sonny Michelle's in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, well so Sony Michelle's like kind of in the trunk. Um but uh, you know he <laughs> K- yeah. Kelly is like he it looks like he's the RB2 behind Eckler. We'll see if that continues to rotate. We've seen that happen uh with this team. Uh and also it is worth noting here that Eckler did not end up seeing any of the three goal line snaps that they had. Um, it was Sony Michelle getting two of them and Josh mm. Kelly getting the other. Okay, so that's worth noting because you know, Eckler is doing his thing. He's scoring touchdowns, but he's doing it outside the five yard line.
0: All right, yeah, the same. yeah with, with Austin Eckler, he only had 16 carries, but he had 173 yards on the ground. I think that was by far his most in a single game. And he's only had it three career. Be. I think he's only had three career hundred yard games. I think I saw one of those stats somewhere. Um, but that was just like, you know, I wasn't expecting that. I thought he was gonna be making his money in the passing game but we now see that he can run it and we knew he could run it you know but this was i think an outlier by all accounts you know as far as expectations i don't think anyone had austin eckler cop 100 yards in this game but he did that with he passed that test with flying colors and he's looking much more you know he's rewarding uh the fantasy managers that stuck stuck around with him didn't bench him didn't get rid of him uh, in the first few weeks it was a slow start but he's more than uh, what's it called? Made up for it, these past oh, two yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. So yeah. He
1: wa- he basically won you your weeks the past two weeks. Yeah. That was worth it for me. Um, he's back at RB1, you know. So if you drafted him super early before all these wide receivers, right? Because that could have happened, and a lot of people were taking him over a lot of these wide receivers. Um,
0: yeah,
1: myself, we're back like we to seeing also uh, that we love <laughs> we're back to seeing it. Well, you know, and hopefully it continues, right? Um, don't expect these type of games every single week, but you know, it's looking we're at least. he is looking like he's not washed at least or anything like that. He's looking like he's doing a, a lot with every touch that he gets. So that's good to see.